Hello. My name is Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. For more information about this and other projects, please visit www.thoughtjarproductions.com. That's www.thoughtjarproductions.com. We can also be found at Thoughtjar Productions on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this program on iTunes and on Spotify, and please tell your friends about this show. And now, for this week's episode. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Test, test, test. Wensleydale. <laughs> Hello everyone, and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club. My name is Stephen Platt, thank you very much for downloading this episode. This week is a special episode. Uh, What we are going to be doing is we're going to be reviewing four short films as opposed to one film, and those four short films are serialised as part of the Wallace and Gromit series. Uh, It's a claymation animation comedy series by Nick Park of Ardman Animations and consists of the adventures of uh, an elderly inventor called Wallace and his dog Gromit, who is a silent but loyal companion who ends up saving the day. Uh, The reason that we're looking at Wallace and Gromit is because the original voice actor for Wallace, a Mr. Peter Salis, sadly passed away recently, although at the age of uh, 96, so hardly a tragedy, but still, we we thought it might be a good thing to, to look at this uh, short film series. So joining me to look at the Wallace and Gromit films, we have someone who has seen them and someone who has barely seen them. Our person who has seen them is Rihanna Hall. Rihanna, welcome back to the show. Hello, good to be back. And uh, Wallace and Gromit, you're you're a big fan. I am, yes. Um, Well, growing up in England and having a very British dad, um, he absolutely adores these films. So naturally, we were all watching them as kids and for me and whenever i watch them again it's just this whole childhood nostalgia of you know of this just i don't know this great claymation um couple of shorts yeah Mm. and joining us as our person who has uh only briefly had wallace and gromit uh enter his life it's the return of mr john king john welcome back thank you very much Stephen. and uh you you have seen maybe one of these maybe one and possibly the odd uh clip from from the others um, yeah, not much at all, really, which is um, a shame because what I have seen, I love it, it and it's such a uh, an extraordinary um, cinema graphic sort of art form, and um, I absolutely, absolutely um, love the skill involved in putting together these uh, little films. Yes, well, it's uh, it's it's clay animation. It's, it's done by uh, Nick Park, who is essentially the the modern day pioneer of this uh, this form of animation. And um, yeah, his Wallace and Gromit short films, uh, the first of which and the first of which we'll be watching, uh, A Grand Day Out, which was released in nineteen eighty nine, really um, I, I think really brought back this form of animation into certainly the um, the public consciousness in Britain and then later worldwide with the success of uh, the subsequent uh, adventures, The Wrong Trousers and A Close Shave. It's still not an art form that we see a whole lot of. You know, it's it's rare to see films which are fully animated using claymation. Even Ardman Animations, who are the studio that sort of pushed that, they don't use it all the time for all of their various films. So it's, it's certainly an interesting... Uh, art form but yeah Wallace and Gromit I think is has got a very uh, just a very special place in a lot of um a lot of people particularly British people's hearts Rihanna 
Oh yeah, definitely. For me, whenever I even hear just more cheese grommet, that it just sends a little <laughs> song to my heart. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and there's, there's certainly a, a cultural impact that Wallace and Gromit has had, which we'll be getting into. So uh, the first of the Wallace and Gromit films that we're going to be looking at is the 1989 uh, release of A Grand Day Out. <laughs> and you're giggling already. Oh, yeah, this is probably my favourite out of all of them. Really? Um, this, is this the one where he goes to the moon? This is the one where yes, he goes to the moon? Yes, that, I, that, the, that is basically the plot. That's it, that's it, yeah. It's, I just... Yeah, it's a bank holiday, and so Wallace and Gromit use their homemade rocket to go to the moon to sample cheese. I just find that so funny and it's just... Mm, yeah. It's <laughs> so, shall we jump straight into it? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, prepare your Wensleydales and... Uh, <laughs> And get your DVDs ready, or however you're watching this, as we watch the first of the Wallace and Gromit shorts, A Grand Day Out. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So we've just finished watching the first of the four Wallace and Gromit films, A Grand Day Out. What did we think of A Grand Day Out, guys? So good. <laughs> it was delightful. <laughs> it is It is genuinely a very cheerful film. Yeah. It's, there's not a lot to it in terms of a complex plot or anything like that. The, the film itself is not very long. It runs through about 23 minutes. But obviously, with, with it being uh, claymation, um, a, a, a pretty severe undertaking for the amount of time taken to animate. I believe it took Nick Park about seven years to put this together. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, although he was partly doing it whilst uh, studying, and then when he was employed by Ardman, he had to sort of do it in his spare time as well. This one certainly had the longest uh, preparation time. Once yep. once this film had been uh, released and was very popular and very successful, then the production times are significantly reduced, although there's still uh, a couple of years to make half an hour of uh, footage. You can kind of see like why it takes so long as well, just with the sheer detail in in all of say like there's like little stains on each walls you know carpets are run down it's just so much little detail that you just don't even think of in everyday life anyway Mm. um so you can definitely see why it took so long Um, yeah and that that was the first note i I wrote down was uh, the the detail i mean not just in the magazines which we see at the beginning but the the (laughs) cheese uh, holiday yeah cheese holiday (laughs) the um but like the cup stains on the tea tray um all the things in the uh, the basement where they're building the rocket, all the different paint tins and things like that. Uh, John, from a design standpoint, uh, it's it's just spectacular. It is. It's awesome, and it's what I look for in the design of anything: is the attention to detail. And you could see in that <laughs> there was nothing ignored. Everything was considered and had its place. And um, yeah, just amazing. Just loved it. Mm. And uh, I I also think the thing that they do really well in, in across all these films is the sound design. Um, to, mm. to make those uh, those plasticine objects feel like that they are what they're representing. Yeah. You know, th- those cups sound like cups, so we, yeah. we believe them more readily mm. as, as being cups, for example. Um, you know, the noise the rocket makes, the, the yeah. use of uh, the slightly um, Space Odyssey-type music when they look <laughs> at the moon, you yeah. know, those kind of things. Um, it, it really does stand out in that respect. Um, and, yeah, I, I, think, I think the thing that struck me watching this was just how great a performance they get from the character of Wallace uh, not not just from uh, Peter Salas uh, who obviously did a really good job with the voice acting um, but just the 
physicalization of Wallace. Now, obviously, when you're spending seven years animating a character, <laughs> you, you get to think about it. But it's very clear that there's a lot of thought that's been put into how Wallace and Gromit move within this world, Rihanna. Oh, definitely. You can you can see each of them have their own mannerisms, which they stick to throughout the whole uh, short. And I, I find that so funny that that it's almost like he's already created these characters and he's he's probably, I mean, seven years he spent with them. Mm. So he's got to know every single detail very well, um, down to even just like the personality traits, how, you know, uh, Wallace just loves cheese ridiculously so much that <laughs> he can't fathom not going to the moon without crackers. Yeah. So he like takes this dive quickly when they've got like 10 seconds left to go. And it's like the crackers, Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, it's, it's obviously um, a really great physical performance and also Gromit, who is entirely physical. Yes. Um, <laughs> It, it's kind of remarkable. One of the, uh, the the lovely facts that popped up in the uh, IMDb trivia troll was that um, Gromit was originally a talking dog uh, and actually had some dialogue recorded by the actor Peter Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of Gromit speaking was dropped when it became clear how expressive um, he could be just through the movements of his eyes, ears and brow. <laughs> so the voice was never actually used in the end. Um, I think there's the odd instance of him like, coughing or, or like yeah. the being surprised something like that but yeah. but it doesn't actually talk and i think that really a- a- adds to most definitely adds i think it, it would yeah. take something away from the entire thing if he did have a voice to mm. a certain degree yeah because i think gromit a- across all these films is the most relatable character because <laughs> he's stuck with this lunatic basically yes. <laughs> like it, you know he go, he's trying to decide a bank holiday and yeah. he decides to go to the moon because he's heard it's made of cheese yeah, he's definitely the brains <laughs> yeah and and he's definitely uh put upon as well like yeah. we see uh in in the scene where uh, wallace is building the rocket and he accidentally saws through the wooden frame and then uses gromit as a frame to continue <laughs> sawing through yeah um, when uh, uh y- y- the the shot just before is of gromit reading an electronics manual uh, and instead of using him for his expertise he uses him as a sawhorse <laughs> yes <laughs> beautiful yes and uh, then of course they get to the moon and uh, they encounter the the machine uh the machine yes, that the is nondescript machine yeah, <laughs> yeah well uh, it, it's often referred to as being uh, i guess an oven uh, I guess it kind of looks it, like an oven, doesn't it? it? It's kind of a, a mix of bit. like an oven and a filing cabinet and a parking meter, to us. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I believe it's just referred to as the cooker. Um, okay. Generally. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that odd contraption who again no dialogue from from that character who has no, uh, well no face essentially. Yep. But again, the we know exactly what the cooker is thinking pretty yes. much the whole yeah. way through. Um, the use of the big. Uh, sort of cartoony gloved hands yep. i think helps a bit yeah. yep but it's there's just some really really clever stuff going on with using um physical actions to convey emotion and um i think that's something that as we go through the remainder of the the episodes we'll definitely see more of um and yeah uh, rihanna you, you felt maybe a little sad for the cooker towards I the end i did a bit especially because i think he he was misunderstood he just wanted to go skiing on Earth, which he picked up very quickly. So he's obviously a very intelligent cooker. Mm. Uh, and he was he tried to get on board and they just kind of thought, oh, no, he's trying to destroy us. And how was he supposed to know that fire lights fuel 
you know? <laughs> mm, 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 mm. Yeah, he's encountering a lot of these things for the first time. And, you know, the, you could potentially look at it and go, well, why is there a weird cooking type like machine on the moon? <laughs> Who but, left that there? <laughs> yeah, it's it almost doesn't matter because the whole thing is just so charming. I mean, like Indeed, the, yes. the inside of the rocket having wallpaper, for example. I love that it has a <laughs> sitting room. It's just yeah. a living room inside a rocket. Mm. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, generally just a really uh, charming, lovely film. Just a couple of uh, bits and pieces from the trivia uh, troll. Uh, the, the the creators uh, of Wallace and Gromit, uh, Nick Park and some of the creative team, uh, discovered that um, they, they, they basically saved Wensleydale cheese. Um, oh, wow. I can yeah, see that. <laughs> through the success of this. Uh, they decided to make Wallace say Wensleydale because it made his face look nice and toothy. Yeah, um, yeah. And because yeah. part of the reason Wallace's face ends up being the way it is is because they really liked the way that um, Peter Sellers said cheese. <laughs> so that became the big cheeks, that became the, the big ears yeah. on the kind of the small yeah. head. Um, what? The, yeah, they didn't realise that the cheese factory where Wensleydale cheese was being made was actually about to declare bankruptcy. But oh, the wow. film came along at the right time for people to start buying Wensleydale yeah. again. Oh, that's awesome. And so, yeah, we, st- <laughs> we still have Wensleydale cheese Aww. largely due to this. So, Thanks, uh, guys. <laughs> yeah. um, Wallace was loosely based on Nick Park's father, um, mm. who was a tinkerer as well. Um, Nick Park's dad uh, once built from scratch a small trailer the family would take trips to the beach in, and Park described it as a living room on wheels completed with wallpapered interiors and wooden <laughs> furniture. Uh, much like the rocket ship. So you can see that Nick Park has obviously um, put a lot of his own life into this, um, which is nice and incredible. Um, and the last uh, fact that I picked up was that uh, Nick Park gave Peter Salis £50 to voice Wallace. Because uh, oh, wow. they did the uh, the vocal recordings first before they did any of the animation, so they knew what they were animating okay. to, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Park wanted Wallace to have a Lancastrian accent like himself, but Salis could only do a Yorkshire voice. So inspired by how he drew out the word cheese, that's when Wallace got the large cheeks from, um, and Park called Salis six years later to say the film was finished, and Peter Salis was so surprised that he swore over the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so there you go. And obviously uh, we're touching on uh, Peter Salis, obviously, who uh, passed away recently. Um... Well known not just for Wallace and Gromit, but also for playing uh, Cleggy in Last of the Summer Wine uh, from 1973 until its final episode in uh, 2010. Uh, it, that wasn't being made the entire of the time, but he, he was the only actor to appear in every episode. Um, and yeah, it, it was obviously it's been quite um, sad to lose him, but at the same, you know, he was almost a hundred. It's it's not yes. as though it's one of those things where. You know, he was he was gone too soon. But um As we like to say, he had a good innings. He did have a very, <laughs> very good innings. And he you know, he did he was in an episode of Doctor Who was all British actors are. Yep. Uh, his was in the sixties with uh, Patrick Troughton. Um he voiced Rat in a version of Wind in the Willows. Um he did lots of other things, but a lot of his success came later in life with Wallace and Gromit and with uh, Last of the Summer Wine. And you know, he was the lead actor, top billing actor in a in a film in 2005. Um, obviously, the um, Curse of the Weir Rabbit, the uh, Wallace right. and Gromit <laughs> yeah. yes, yes. And he would have been 83, 84 when yeah. that happened. Yeah, There's not awesome. many people that get to that age and get to say, you know, I'm the lead actor in a yeah. Hollywood yeah. film. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, next on the list is um, The Wrong Trousers. 
which <laughs> is my favorite of the four um i do like I, I mean i like them all uh but yeah the wrong trousers is my particular favorite so shall we get into it let's, let's do, do this. it okay ladies and gentlemen grab your crackers and cheese once again <laughs> and uh slip into uh some mechanical pants as we watch the wrong trousers <laughs> Welcome back. We finished watching our second uh, Wallace and Gromit film, The Wrong Trousers. And uh, that is a really, really funny film. (laughs) (laughs) Just, it's, I mean, the thing that really stands out about The Wrong Trousers, uh, it was 1993, so it's four years since um, A Grand Day Out, Mm. um, is, is just how much smooth everything is, how much cleaner all the animation is and all the, the use of, um, I suppose objects and even the use of sound everything's just a lot uh, smoother isn't it John yes yeah you can see it but I still love the fact that you can still see the fingerprint uh, in the clay of Mm. the of the faces and the characters which I think is absolutely amazing that's so awesome yeah it really is and but there was a couple of uh, small improvements Uh, I noticed that um, Wallace has more of a brow this time like this is pretty much like the 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 classic wallace and gromit look like yeah. they, they don't really change much from here yeah. um gromit is pretty much the same as he was um but yeah wallace has definitely got more of a noticeable brow so we can yep. see those emotional changes <laughs> yeah. a bit more often yeah um it's slightly tricky to do when he hasn't got eyebrows or in, or indeed hair after all <laughs> um but he still finds use for a blow dryer yes. in this one, which <laughs> yeah. i find fantastic <laughs> yeah and that, that's just one of many great just incident coincidental gags that they've got going on like wallace is just using a hairdryer um, I just really enjoy the all the books that uh, Gromit has, all the different titles. Uh, Electronics for Dogs making another appearance. Um, <laughs> just lot, lots of nice touches like that. Um, uh, Rihanna, it it is a it's an interesting one because there's definitely there's definitely an antagonist in this one, and sort of going forward, they they do tend to have antagonists in it, even though um, that they're not uh, what you would say are your usual antagonists. This was a uh, a, a penguin that performs diamond heists <laughs> as a chicken. Yes. Um, what, Master of disguise. Yes. But what, what did you make of Feathers McGraw? Feathers McGraw, what a name. Um, I think from the start, you already know to hate. I'm guessing, I'm going to go with boy, with he. I, I believe it's a male, yes. Yes. Um, just from, you know, I suppose we're kind of on Gromit's side the whole time. Mm. We're sort of with Gromit while this new tenant comes in. And he's walking, and it's all of a sudden like a duh as mm. he turns. So you already know that he's such a bad guy. Mm. Um, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his disguise could be improved, but then again, the this town seems to um, buy it. Yeah, I mean, it, Wallace didn't pick up on it until he removed the rubber glove from his head. <laughs> yeah. Good grief, it's you! Yeah. An awesome character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> walks in and and like um, and, and like Gromit as well. No need for any uh, vocalizations. No need for a voice. Yeah. Just all in the expression, mm. and even less expressions than uh, Gromit as well, because there's no furrowed brow. It's just the look. Yeah, the turning of the head and the look. And you go, "Ooh, that's a freaky looking penguin." Well, I think I think it's the the way they've done the eyes on feathers that really stands out. They're yeah. tiny beady black eyes. Uh, there's no pupils in them, which is. Um, you know, those sort of tiny beady black eyes are used yep. in quite a lot of animation and yep. things to signify untrustworthiness. Yes. 
but it's also the way they blink. I hadn't noticed this before, mm. but feathers double blinks. Ah. Ah. Whereas everyone else does a very clear single blink. Feathers yes. always goes blink, blink. Ah, it's blink, shifty. Blink, like that. Is that so, a sign of ultra-intelligence? I have no idea. Oh. It's Window just, into his dark soul, maybe? I, I just noticed that he had a very different blink from Wallace and Gromit, the, the only <laughs> other two characters that have I did not notice that. <laughs> and, then, and then there's also, and you could probably say they're a character in themselves, the, the wrong trousers, yeah. Diana. Yes. Um, they, as a, as a child watching Wallace and Gromit, because I was four five when this came out so i was sort of right in the age range for being like this is cool yeah <laughs> um i loved those trousers yeah as, as a child yeah i didn't find them scary at all really mm. i think um yeah the penguin was probably the scary one but the trousers themselves were just like oh wow i mm. want a pair of those <laughs> yeah and it was the, it was the sound design as well you know yeah. that, that very clear like wait wait and then ka-dunk, yeah ka-dunk, the suction ka-dunk. of like yeah. walking up the walls yeah and... and the fact the feet were almost like an iron yeah in that that's sense, what i always got where it's as kind well. of like the, they make mm. the little shh noise when mm. they're attaching themselves mm. to something it was it was really lovely i think one of the big things they improved upon from uh, a grand day out um was the movement animation um sometimes when yep. particularly wallace when wallace was walking around looked a bit um i mean i know they're not human beings they're made of plasticine <laughs> but it didn't it didn't look quite right uh when he was walking up and down the stairs mm. in um in a grand day out whereas in this there's a real fluidity to the motion it yep. could be that they've uh changed how they uh, capture all the movements between the frames. It's it's just a stunningly good-looking yeah, film. perfected though. their technique yeah. and possibly mm. started using some more modern equipment or new upgrades. It took seven years for the first one. Mm. And how many years did it take? Uh, to it was do this? four years between four years? Grand so Day and Big this jumps one. in um, camera technology through all of those periods. Mm. So it uh, could be a combination of both. Yeah, there's some really nice little touches throughout the film, though. Uh, the fact that when Wallace is tired after being run around in the wrong trousers for the whole day, he puts pyjama pants yes. over them. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, for, I, don't, would. I don't think the Thevers would have done that. I think that's clearly <laughs> that, that's... Wallace yes. that's yeah. done that. Yeah. Um, and also, I do have a question, though, about when Gromit runs away from home and he's sleeping in a, in a trash can. Why did he set an alarm? routine maybe. creature of habit yeah. yes it was just I, I just it's the first time watching it where i was like that does seem a little odd he wants, <laughs> you know. he wants to seize the day and look for another house to i suppose yeah. yeah but it was just yeah that that was that just struck me then as being quite odd um and the culmination of this film as well has a diamond heist with like yes. a very intense game of claw which mm. uh, which <laughs> is just it just a really well shot sequence yeah. and i really liked how we saw the sweat off uh, feathers, yep. yeah, like and, and sort of that was the only real signifier we had that he was stressed or that this was a high octane situation for him. I think first sign of emotion through the entire yeah. piece for him. Yes. I think you were really getting into it, John, with the as he was sort of going for the the diamond. Yep. you were there saying, "Oh, on the edge of my seat." <laughs> mm. And then, of course, they get back to the house, and then the chase sequence on the the model trains. Oh, the escalated. spare track. Yeah, mm. oh. it's. <laughs> that is an absolutely incredible sequence. It is. Like just <laughs> looking on it and it's just unbelievable. Um I mean the the makers of Toy Story 
um, have indicated in interviews that the moving van chase scene from the end of their film was inspired oh. partly <laughs> by that chase scene okay. with the model trains. <laughs> yeah. And the Pixar animators considered uh, the toy train sequence to have set a standard for action, which they were then trying to surpass when making Toy Story. Because, <laughs> I mean, and it, it is incredible to think they did that with uh, stop motion yeah. And, yeah. And, and clay models. Unbelievable. And, like you get real a real sense of speed and yeah. uh, just velocity from there and it's it's literally just a dog a penguin and a guy uh on like model trains <laughs> yeah but the, the penguin's got a revolver yep. um yeah. it's just and that house is huge yeah 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 it's a wallace has a much bigger house than it looks like yes it's very tardis like it, it is i yeah. just i love the um when he's when he's laying down the track really quick and it's mind the table yeah <laughs> and he sort of kind of weaves in and out of it very quick thinking <laughs> but i do think that's a lot of the charm that you get from wallace and gromit is that wallace is very <laughs> is a very sort of like traditionally British, particularly yeah. like senior citizen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like it's, you know, it's it's partly the, the really, you know, Peter Salas's lovely Yorkshire voice and it's mm. partly the the phrases, you know, mind how you go, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, the and just the use of language, like uh, there's no point prevaricating around the bush, you know, those, <laughs> those kind of things. I just, I think they bring a really nice touch. And also the fact that he's, He's so set in his routines, he's automated his routines. Yeah. Yep. Um, sliding through the bed, the the jam being time to fire to hit the toast as it pops. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it, it suggests like a, a character that is trapped in a in a very set routine, but has mechanized it in a really wonderful yep. way. Yeah. And this is um, being made uh, in the the early nineties. This is obviously pre a lot of the. Uh, the tech that we tend to use today, a lot of yep. your things like your uh, Amazon Echoes and those sort of home devices that can be used for air conditioning or for even checking on the fridge and things like that. Yeah, a visionary. <laughs> yeah. He is a visionary. He really is. Um, and the wrong trousers uh, actually won an Academy Award. Oh, yeah, good. Point out. Yeah. <laughs> it, so it should. It yes. Won, yeah, the 1993 Academy Award for Best Animated Short Film. Beautiful. And I, th I think it, it had to. Oh, when, it's well deserved. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's just, it's just such a thrilling thirty minutes. It's it, it just it goes by, but at the same time, it feels more action packed than a lot of its uh, feature length yep. uh, mm. competitors. So, um, our third film, which is coming up, is a close shave, uh, which uh, was released in nineteen ninety five. So this one came just a couple of years later. Uh, and this is the one that you think you've seen, John, uh, because it's got the big machine. Okay, yeah. possibly yes. Mm. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> well, uh, shall we go see right now? Yes. Let's do it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, prepare your DVDs once more. Grab your nearest sheep as we go and watch <laughs> A Close Shave. <laughs> everybody welcome back we have just finished watching our third wallace and gromit a close shave uh, john and rihanna joining me again um john we'll start with you what did you think of a close shave <laughs> it was great um i think it's the um the most involved in regards to the storyline this time uh, a lot more uh, i laughed a lot more through this one so there was a lot of great gags through it lots of lots of fun um and a little bit sinister. Yes, it was. Well, of course, uh, we're introduced to the character of Preston, 
the uh, the dog of uh, Wendelin, who's not all that he seems. No. It turns out <laughs> he's a cyber dog. And um, a twist in the story. Yeah, certainly you didn't really see that one coming. No, <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, and it's it, it it is nice uh, though that despite the fact that these storylines um, are, are quite farcical, um, even though it's uh, set in sort of like a, a sort of rural English village uh, township place, it is it is nice that they're having these fantastical uh, things where they're stealing sheep and uh, all these crazy inventions. Uh, Rihanna, what, what what did you think of a close shave? I just love the fantastic use of sheep. In that throughout the whole, mm. they just had me giggling so much from them, like in their formations on the motorbike, mm. to them crying, like all together, huddled at the back of Wallace, like, oh, Gromit, they're mm. all got a tear for him. And yeah. they all just seem just so, like, funny throughout the whole thing. And yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and it was interesting because obviously, again, as with uh, the previous Wallace and Gromit films, we have uh, a, a lot of characters that don't speak. Uh, Sean the mm. Sheep, this is Sean the Sheep's debut, of course, a popular star of his own TV show now. <laughs> um, and all Sequel. he, yeah, all he really does is just go, that's, that's about <laughs> yep. it. Um, yep. And the rest of them occasionally bar. Um, but but you know exactly what they're on about. It's it's yeah. just that thing of um, as John said, it it's as though they they've gotten better at it. It's certainly a much more um, a much more action packed one. Yep. Uh, mm. A lot more moving parts. I'm uh, really squeezing a lot more into this into the time slot now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one really flew by. I, mm. I felt like oh, yes. definitely, yeah, yeah. Like and that's that's a I believe another thirty minute one. So it should be the same length as the wrong the wrong trousers. Mm. Yep. Uh, yeah, thirty minutes. So. Um, yeah, it, it really skips along. Uh, we see a couple of new things. We have someone other than Peter Salis uh, providing a voice. Uh, we have the lovely Wendelin, uh, who is voiced by Anne Reed. And mm. uh, what, what did we think of Wendelin? Oh, the love interest. Oh, my mm. God. And it just basically looks exactly the same. <laughs> just with a wig. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Except two teeth. I know yeah. two teeth. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. The, just the music in the background throughout yep. their meeting as well. It's very mm. cute meat sort yep. of. The romantic strings in the background every time they're talking. Yeah, mm. the eyes across the shop floor. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was quite lovely. And uh, Anne Reed, who uh, voices uh, Wendelin, was uh, probably more well known for being uh, one of the original cast members on Coronation Street. Oh wow! Yeah. She played the part of uh, Valerie Barlow. She ah. was there for the first ten years uh, of the show. Um, so yeah, she was well suited to saying things like chuck and things like that <laughs> um and more recently uh she was in the sitcom dinner ladies and last tango in halifax so she's still working as of uh, last year so uh the age of 82 so oh, good honor yeah still doing lots of good work and um yeah it, uh, it it was interesting how not just um the the increased pace and the uh the more complex animations but also the fact that um it didn't start with the theme it, we didn't start with the da 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 da. da. It sta- it, I didn't notice. Yeah, I, 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 it struck me as quite odd because um, obviously the the other two have started with that yep. relatively iconic yep. theme. It comes in about a minute in during the scene where Wallace is getting dressed by his robots. Okay. Um, but yeah, it starts with that very sinister tone, um, yeah. which is. Uh, pretty present throughout all of Preston's uh, scenes and uh, finding out what's, what, why are there sheep being rustled and it turns out they're being rustled for the wool and for the meat to make mm. uh, Preston's dog food. Shocking. 
Mm. Shocking. I do remember as a child actually being afraid of Preston, especially when it's like, (laughs) Preston's malfunctioning. (laughs) I thought, oh God, no, like what's going to happen? And he's punching holes in the the Mm. machine. Oh, I found it terrifying. I I think there may be some uh, very clear influences from the Terminator film series on (laughs) the the exoskeleton that Preston has. But but I do like that it's got the, the kind of like the flashing lights and tape. Uh, yeah. players yeah. on the chest. Which... It's a bit Cybermen as well, wasn't it? A little it? bit Cybermen, yeah. yeah. Bits, bits of Doctor Who in there, but yeah. sort of like the more slightly naff elements, which I think <laughs> fits in really well with, with yeah. the Wallace and Gromit uh, universe. Um, and yeah, th- those horror motifs when there's something mysterious running around the house eating everything. And it's, <laughs> yes, it's got yeah. those uh, classic, like, something moving just out of um, out, out of out of, out of shot uh, yeah. that, that you sort of catch yeah. in the corner of your eye. And it's it's just Sean eating his way through <laughs> the house. Anything, anything. Um, yeah, and we, we you know we have Wallace actually interacting with another human being, and he's about as as useless as perhaps you'd suspect. <laughs> you know, <laughs> considering he's previously spent pretty much the whole time alone. Yeah. Um, but it was nice we had this kind of uh, very brief romance story, which is then ended because um, Wendelin can't eat cheese. Can't eat cheese. <laughs> Not even Wensleydale. Not even no. Wensleydale. Does, just doesn't like it. I don't think she's got an affliction no. or anything. She's not lactose intolerant. She just doesn't like cheese. I yeah. just love that that moment that he just stops. And you, even though he is a claymation <laughs> figure, you can see on his face his heart dropping and That's just right. thinking, oh, oh no, this can't go any further. He, well, I mean, he can't comprehend somebody not liking cheese. <laughs> I, I think she does say it brings her out in a rash, so maybe that's, that's part oh, of Oh, yes, that's right. It's not even a choice. Mm, but yeah, it, it is that thing of him looking on and going, how does this work? Um, <laughs> does someone not eat cheese? Yeah, so uh, this, this film, uh, A Close Shave, also won an Academy Award Good. for Best Short Film. Oh, so uh, that and The Wrong Trousers both winning Academy Awards. Um, we're about to move on to the fourth and final of the series. Aww. Yeah, well, this is an interesting one because this is A Matter of Loath and Death. Which Ooh. Now, this was made in 2008. It was released in 2008. So that's a good... Uh, 13 years? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously uh, Nick Park and Ardman Animations, uh, between them, they started moving into feature-length films. They made Chicken Run, which came out in 2000. Yes. <laughs> uh, they then also made Wallace and Gromit and the Curse of the Weir Rabbit, which is the yes. feature-length Wallace right. and Gromit film. And, yes. and one that we may do another time on the podcast. Mm. Uh, seen Chicken Run, I haven't seen the Weir Rabbit one. Oh, it's very good. It's mm. pretty good. And Lives it, up to it. Yeah. Um, but yes, we... we, we did consider doing the curse of the weir rabbit um for this review episode but we thought it would actually probably be better to look at the the work that actually made wallace and gromit famous yeah mm. um and I, I think it's important to see them before you jump into something yeah. like curse of the weir rabbit yeah. so uh, a matter of loaf and death i don't think any of us have seen it no i actually haven't no. seen this one no. so, so yeah interesting. This, this is going to be the interesting one yeah. so ladies and gentlemen one final time Prepare your DVDs and I, I guess your bread as we as we jump into a matter of loaf and death. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We've just finished watching a matter of loaf and death, the fourth and final of the uh, Wallace and Gromit uh, short films. What do we think, Rihanna and John? 
the crime spike in that town uh, <laughs> over the last few episodes is out of control. Mm. Um, lovely. And I think uh, one of the things I first noticed was the the production values, the um, the smoothness of the movement of the characters. Mm. Um, obviously, with uh, upgrades in technology and their technique, um, but still... With you can still see fingerprints in the in the, the plasticine, yeah. which is awesome. So yeah, I think that really makes it as well, rather than you know like you see claymations and it's it's sort of smoothed over. Yep. Like with a knife, but mm. this it kind of makes it that the, mm. the thumbprint's still there. It's mm. kind of true almost. I can't imagine really if you if you are manipulating those pieces quite a bit. Yeah. Um, having to then smooth off all your yeah. fingerprints all the time would just be ridiculous. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it it was really interesting as well. I, Rihanna, obviously, is a long-term fan of the series. Yes. That was your first time watching yes. A Matter of Life and Death. Uh, myself as well, uh, first time experience. But what what was your takeaway from it? How did it stack up compared to the others? I'm, I think I'm always going to be a fan of the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, this It was very funny, though. I won't say you know anything bad against it um it was just it was a bit different i think probably because the budget is a lot higher now Mm. um you know there's more story to it it's not just little cheese gags and Mm. we (laughs) actually figured there wasn't any cheese gags in there at all references to cheese yeah Yeah. there's still the usual you know pictures of cheese um but yeah i mean the the previous on uh close shave wallace Mm. doesn't actually eat any cheese in that Ah. although there is the you know the the, sheep eat it all don't they (laughs) yeah pretty much but yeah wallace doesn't have any Uh, but yeah it, it, it was very cheeseless he, he he had a lot of toast yeah and did. obviously uh, ev- everything was bread based mm. i did love how wallace seems to be getting a li- little bit more ridiculous as time progresses mm. with this one he's just constantly the butt of the joke he's yep. always yeah. there the bomb's there yep. he goes mm. into a different room the bomb falls into a different room mm. and it's oh by heck <laughs> but what i really liked about that was they established in the first couple of minutes like the new routine for him going from being in bed <laughs> to being in the baker's van yeah and the bomb followed him on that routine because it got stuck in the windmill at the same point the water balloon does. Ah. Yeah. When it got hit, it <laughs> fell at the right time. Yeah. So yeah. I, he was the butt of the jokes, but I also like the way that they made it happen, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and of course, um, it was interesting. This was obviously, as you said, very dark. Uh, we had a, <laughs> a, a, a serial killer who was killing bakers because she got fat off baked products yeah. <laughs> and she had to kill 13 of them so it was a baker's dozen which i absolutely loved oh, that, that was, was just fantastic yep. yeah. Yeah. i was yeah. expecting she was going to be gluten intolerant and that was her, oh. her beef mm. no. but no no sadly not but uh yeah it was it was interesting um seeing how it was put together um with with paella sorry paella um, <laughs> i was trying to call it the actual spanish dish uh, but yeah uh, paella um being uh, there were times where it, it it seemed so obvious that she was being set up as the baddie yep. mm. that i thought maybe it was going to be somebody else um yeah. Yeah. That i thought maybe it was going to be fluffles yeah, it uh, was a little dog. bit obvious, yes. Yeah. But then it kind of swings around and eventually you're left in no doubt when it's like, yeah. oh, no, no, it's Paella, she's yeah. killing them all. Yeah. And she's it, the crazed one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was lovely and I really liked... Um, I, I just really liked the, the way it was set up where Gromit goes to the house and that slow reveal of of the plot that she's wants to kill 13 bakers and Wallace is that 13th yeah. uh, baker. And... Um, I think if Nick Park 
and and Aardman put their minds to it, they could make a very effective horror film. Because probably, yeah, yeah, the way they were setting it up, um, the way they did the murder at the beginning was very Midsummer Murders, but also very funny <laughs> yeah. at the same time. With it the, was, yeah, it was very true to the. It's always someone you know as well. It was mm. the whole turnaround. Oh, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was just a really really fun uh, experience. And watching it for the first time, uh, obviously having grown up with the other ones, mm. it was really lovely to see that you know even though there'd been a thirteen year gap they still really had it. I mean, they still they still had that sense of humour in The Curse of the Weir Rabbit, which was made or released three years prior to this one. Yeah. Um, and that still retained a lot of that humour, but it was on a bigger scale, obviously, because it was a uh, cinematic release. Um, but th- this, what, this was just lovely. Yeah. Uh, there seemed to be a lot more puns in this one. <laughs> um, there were always puns in the other ones, but this one was very pun heavy yeah. i think i think maybe the world of bread offers a lot of more opportunities <laughs> and how delicious did those cakes and breads look oh, they look great they and did didn't they, they were made a place to sing that's amazing no. yeah they did a really good job with that i loved all the contraptions in the house for mm. making the bread mm. um i really enjoyed the the evolution of wallace and paella's romance <laughs> yes in the initial stages before we find out she was a killer where it got a, maybe a little bit steamy for yeah, what is maybe a kid's yeah <laughs> Um, but it was it was really nicely done. It was all very funny. Um, one thing I picked up on in that sequence where we first meet Paella and she's on the bike that's careening downhill and we see that one shot of her hand pressing the brake yep. and obviously she was pretending that for it not to work so that Wallace could then rescue her. Um, but the detail in the hand, the way the hand was shaped and the way it moved around the brake, yep. that one shot, I was just like, that is incredible like the detail that they've gone Mm. into to be able to create that particularly when you look at where it came from in a grand day out like almost 20 years previously um they've really just nailed that level of detail like you said and that really stood out um for me I, i also just really really enjoy seeing how all of the the um the big contraptions come together yep. um, <laughs> basically just to get Wallace out of bed. Yep. Um, oh, I love how it's so much more advanced now as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they've always been there, but this is yeah, really up the ante and yeah. just a fantastical sort of apparatus that does yeah. all these things. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, we're recording this uh, a couple of days after uh, the passing of Adam West, the original Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I really like the reuse of the some days you just can't get rid of a bomb joke where <laughs> you have Gromit, there's ducks and then there's nuns with kittens. Yeah. And then eventually it's like, ah, the border of Yorkshire, that's where it needs to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was really delightful and really good fun. Um, and I enjoyed it. John, as a first-time viewer for this one as well, um, but without, uh, I suppose, a lot of... Without growing up with yep. the series, yep. how how did A Matter of Life and Death uh, stand up for you? Um, I think I, I think I prefer the previous one, uh, but as I said, the production qualities were exceptional and um, just fantastical and bring back lots of childhood memories of, of not necessarily... Uh, as I have, as you said, I haven't grown up watching those, uh, the Wallace and Gromit series, but a lot of uh, animated sort of series, and it brought back lots of memories of that. And just like, as I said, the uh, how delicious all the food looks. And I remember mm. reading comics and 
and watching animation and and they're having cakes and stuff like that and going oh my god that looks so delicious yeah. it's, it's a drawing or in this case it's a, it's made of plastic glazed plasticine of course mm. I, I imagine so um, but no delightful really 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 enjoyed it yeah um just just a tremendously good fun film mm. so uh we've we've watched all four of them now um I guess if we go around the table and I guess if we just pick which one we think is, I guess, our favourite, I suppose, uh, which one we feel is the standout of the series. And we'll start with you, Rihanna. Which, which of those four stands out for you as being like, this is Wallace and Gromit? I think I know I said at the start that my favourite was... Uh, the first one, the, the trip to the moon. Yes. But re-watching them all... I think I'm actually going to have to change that because the one that stood out for me today was definitely a close shave. I just, I could not stop laughing. Mm. There was a smile constantly on my face and just the sheep (laughs) really just brought it for me. Just that image of Mm. them all piled up on the motorbike. That's just, Mm. that is just the standout for me. (laughs) Uh, John, for you, which which of the four stand out as being, uh, well, I suppose the standout? Um, The same as Ray in regards to... uh, just a lot of laughs through that one. That was that was one of the funniest ones, I believe. But I think the first one, just the first one, because it was the groundbreaking one. It's the one that um, made the series um, beyond uh, go on to be so successful. And and the, I think the the grittiness and the the flaws within the first one as well, in regards to the animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one would be my favourite. The first one, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, uh, for me, I think it's still the wrong trousers. Um, yeah. I, yep. <laughs> I I really like them all. I really enjoyed A Matter of Loath and Death. Um, and they're all enjoyable uh, experiences um, for for different reasons. I mean, um, uh, 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 the, the Trip to the Moon, A Grand Day Out, is really imaginative. Like, it's, it's you know, literally... An old man and his dog build a rocket to the moon. It's <laughs> it's lovely. A close shave is really funny um, with, with all the sheep. Um, and similarly, the spectacle of um, A Matter of Loaf and Death is wonderful. But there's something about the wrong trousers which just... It, it was always my favourite growing up. And just watching it, it feels quintessentially Wallace and Gromit. Like, yeah. it, it just... It really feels like this is the spirit of the thing. It's... It's a really silly concept of like a pair of robotic trousers <laughs> and a penguin disguised as a chicken, and yep. it's it should it doesn't sound like it should work, but it does. Comedy yeah. gold. Mm. So uh, normally we rate uh, the film that we've watched at the end. Um, I- I'll ask for you guys to rate the series uh, as a whole, though, um, as opposed to rating each of the individual films. I think because you can almost view these four almost as one lovely big mm. experience. Mm. Um, John, on a scale of one to ten, what what would you rate uh, these four Wallace and Gromit episodes? Um, yeah, I don't have that nostalgic attachment because I didn't grow up with it. But um, everything, every time I watch it, it it, it is such a delightful show, uh, and I see why people love it. Um, I will give it a six out of ten. Yes. Okay. Now that's that's fair. 
it's I mean Rihanna and I are both shocked and going oh you, you <laughs> hate her <laughs> uh, but no I think six is fair particularly as obviously I don't you, you don't have the um, the emotional attachment you're able to, to view it more objectively than yep. the scores that I think Rihanna and I are about to give yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah it's going to be a 10 if not an 11 from me mm. it's definitely it's, it's all the way up there it's childhood nostalgia it's funny now even as mm. an adult oh, it's just perfect Mm. I had a really good time. I I won't give it a perfect score. Oh. I, I... <laughs> you can all get out. Yeah, I, it, I mean, partly just because I think um, rewatching this has shown that a grand day out is a little dated. Like uh, that that one did yeah. feel very much like um, like a school project, but in the best possible mm. sense of a yes. school project, yes. Yes. like the best school project ever made. Yep. Yeah. But you can clearly tell that that the lessons learnt from that film are shown in just how good the subsequent films are in terms of their smoothness and indeed the the use of technology mm. and the ambition of what they try and do in each mm. of them. There's yeah. so many shortcuts that they, they could have taken yeah. and they didn't. Yep. You know, they show... I mean, even in the first one, Gromit's building a house of cards and then he's doing card tricks. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we see all sorts of just absolutely crazy things. We see a sidecar turn into a plane. Uh, we see sheep doing formations, like you said. All things which must have taken so long to oh, put together. Yeah. But it's absolutely wonderful. For, for me, uh, I think it's it would be a score of nine Wensleydales out of ten. Yes. <laughs> I, think, I think it has to be. <laughs> Um, so that's it for this week's episode. Uh, of course, um, you know, this is uh, very much a salute to uh, the work of uh, Nick Parker Ardman Studios and also uh, to the uh, dearly departed um, Peter Salis. Um, and yeah, it was just th- that was the other thing in A Matter of Life and Death was that his um, he, he, he was in his mid 80s when he did that. He didn't yeah. sound particularly different. It he still sounds the same yeah. throughout all, really. Yeah, he brought yeah. a real quality and energy to um to wallace and in fact i've just worked out he would have been yeah more like 87 i think yeah, wow. so um he, he brought a real uh just warmness to that mm. that character which is then replicated in the the plasticine the way wallace moves but mm. you know when you're given a performance like uh the one that peter salas gave i think it would have just been a dream for Nick yeah. Park to, mm. to build a character around that. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, where the, wherever you are, Peter, we hope it's good. <laughs> and um, there's plenty of Wensleydale knocking around. Um, but that's it for us. Uh, thank you for listening to this uh, special uh, version of the Cinema Catch-Up Club. We'll be back next week uh, just doing one film, I think. Uh, yeah. And just focusing <laughs> on that. But uh, thank you very much for coming on, John and Rihanna. No, thank no you. It's been lovely. And uh, for those of you listening at home, just a reminder, you can get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Cinema Catch-Up Club and you can leave us suggestions uh, or comments there. Uh, but until next time, bye bye <laughs> <laughs>